Welcome to WP Tonic. We have a special show. We're just going to put out more of an announcement. It's 215 WordCamp Sacramento Review. We've got Jonathan Denwood and myself, Bill Conrad, and we've got John Locke over from Sacramento, who actually was a speaker at the WordCamp and is from Sacramento. John, that was a, I'll tell you what, here's the, here's your review. That was a first class event you guys put on. First class all the way. I mean, the email, the run up to it, the speakers, we knew everything that was going on. It was excellent. I wish I could spend more time going to classes, but tell you what, the networking outside was wonderful and the classes I did go to were excellent. So good job. So that's a good way to start. Jonathan, what um, you want to show our student and say what, what you thought of it? Oh, it's fantastically run. The um, the balls uh, were in full force. They're, um, they kind of, um, and with um, 10 up as well, Jake, and also the um, student volunteers from the Art Center of um, California, Sacramento. Um, it all went pretty smoothly, didn't it, for the first event? I thought, John, what did you think? Um, yeah, I think that the organizing team, they really had it uh, together. I think Jennifer and Brian, they, um, you know, they did uh, a lot of the organizing. They uh, took care of a lot of the content and the emails, uh, a lot of the last minute details. They were really on point. They did an excellent job. Uh, the print materials were uh just first class. Um, also, I think, uh, you know, the lead organizer, uh, Bill Mead, and the other, uh, you know, students who are on the organizing team, uh, Emily and uh, uh, Jen, they did, you know, excellent. And Jake and Joe Boydston did excellent. Yeah, thank, job. thanks, um, Bill. Bill did a great job, didn't he? I forgot yep. about that. He, um, he was a great um, host. And um, he did a good, he did a fantastic job as well, didn't he? Yes, he did. I actually so, like the facility. Yeah. You guys, um, you guys were like, go ahead. You guys well, were like, making, you know, apologizing, but I sort of like it was, it was why the rooms, it's the, uh, it's the uh, Art Institute in uh, Sacramento. Well, it had, it, it had its strengths and it, had its, it had its strengths and it had its weaknesses. Location wise, it's not bad, is it, John? And you've got plenty of parking. Um, it's just that the um, just the kind of shape of the rooms aren't exactly ideal for what what is needed, is it? They, they had the audio visio two screens. Everything's modern. Yeah. So I, I think everything should be up later on WordPress TV. As far as the layout of the rooms, I I think there were you know they were just limited by the venue. The venue was what it was. Yeah. Um, you know though, by, by being wide, there are wide rooms and about six or seven deep by doing that you felt close to the people though somewhat yeah true true that's normally uh like the larger room that's normally three rooms that are uh blocked off by partitions and all they did was just open it up and what they did is is they used what they had and they made the most of it and they had projection screens uh, for each of the three sections, so everyone could see the slides. But I think it was intimate. You could, you were still like very close to the speakers, you know, in the large right. room. So, so, so what was you, what's your favorite, John? Uh, my, you know, I didn't catch all the ones that I wanted to catch. Um, I was just kind of busy with like a, a bunch of other stuff. But uh, the ones that I I did see, I was uh, really impressed with uh, Peter Chester's. Um, presentation on working with the team, um, you know, over there at uh, Modern Tribe. Uh, I thought it, it it gave me a lot to think about, 
And I also um, was really impressed with Jason Cosper's uh, presentation on HHVM because I think that's really going to revolutionize uh, WordPress hosting. Facebook is already using it as a means to uh, serve pages faster. Um, oh, I know the one. Can you explain the HHVM real fast? You went to it, right? Um, I watched them on live stream. I, I was doing some uh, volunteer um, yeah. duties, so I was, I was, I was watching I, them on live stream. I was actually there now. It's tricked. Mm -hmm. The title is Way of the Future, isn't it? Um, that is the one. So he was really talking about the Facebook and also um, PHP um, 7, isn't he? And the yeah. kind of um, performance, because um, obviously he works for he works for um, WP Engine, doesn't he? Correct. Um, he was talking about the um, the quite considerable um, performance gains with um, PH seven. But <coughs> what's what's th this? I'm not. I I think I got there slightly late. Um, I missed the first ten minutes. So, um, what's the this Facebook? Can you give give something about um, the Facebook alternative? Is it a kind of alternative to PH seven? Um, you know, as as far as I understand, I mean, I I could be wrong here, but um, a Facebook basically they're still running on PHP, but they they are really obsessed with speed mm. because they understand that that you know. Um, having optimal website performance is a key to conversions and keeping people like using your platform. That's all part of user experience. So HHVM uh, is something that they pioneered as a uh, means to serve PHP like even faster. Uh, PHP 7 um, shows a lot of gains over uh, you know PHP 5, the different versions. But as they brought up in the presentation, you know, there's an awful lot of sites, an awful lot of servers out there that are using a PHP versions that are no longer supported. So, um, and I and I think it's a really good point that like if you know hosting is such an important layer of uh, your your website performance that you're going to want to choose somebody that's like forward thinking, you know, with that. Yeah. It HHVM is a virtual machine design or something just in time. Yes. I, I wasn't there. Yes. And it, it, you're going to have to, this, the host is going to have to be able to manage it or work it. Um, yeah, the, the, the host. Yeah. So what is it? Is it a kind of, um, is it something like varnish or something that's put, or is it, does it replace Apache or is it something that's put on top of Apache that kind of community, kind of communicates with the PHP and the Apache and Accelerates things, or is it some kind of caching kind of platform? As far as, as far as I understand, I, I think it's some something similar to Varnish. <coughs> I mean, it's something I'm, I'm still kind of learning about mm. myself, so. Yeah. Yeah, it must be great to know it all, mustn't it? But we're just mortals, aren't we, John? Uh, Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I'm very mortal. I don't know about I'm, I'm extremely mortal. So. I'm not sure about the wizard, though. Um, <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah, no, listen, wizards don't die. Good today. Yeah, wasn't looking rough yesterday. Yeah, it was a little bit, wasn't? It? Finally got well and not coughing. Yeah, you were. Uh, last time I seen you guys uh, yesterday, you were hauling them off. Um, so <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know if we were uh, going to be toe tagging them today. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> looks good. It's over. Yeah, I'm like, um, sick for two weeks. 
Yeah, I, 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 it was a really dry topic, um, but actually it was um, Zach Tolman, who's the chief engineer for Wire magazine, and he did HTTPS is coming. Are you prepared? And um, when you look at the title, you think it'd be a snooze fest. But actually, um, he did a great he did a great job of of keeping something that's pretty dry, um, keeping it at a level where um, people that knew nothing about HTTPS would get something from it. And if the people that did there did know something, they would still also get something. And he made it amu reasonably amusing. Um, I did make a couple English jokes but they didn't go down at all well they just that make that lightened things up english jokes he just looked at me like i was like dumb <laughs> as ass. you know there you go like you had three um, heads yeah exactly but that was pretty good and of course um we got to talk i suppose you know we have got to talk about the big man in many ways um oh, chris old chris lima um, yeah, I got. I'll put with what I've got a five-minute little intro. I teach his intro. It's so good. Yeah, it was About Stanford. Yeah, it was um, up to his normal standards. Would you say, John? Um, I didn't. I wasn't able to catch that one. So why don't you tell me what your biggest takeaways were from that, Jonathan? Well, it was um, subtle in some ways because um, he was talking about. Um, yeah, what did he talk about? That's a really good. Well, question. he talked first of all. He, he entered. He talked about Stanford, how this. He gave an example of how a kid got into Stanford without being the straight A student because he went and focused on a certain thing. Yeah, he was saying that you don't actually have to be the top to get a result. You just need some strategy that works he, and sticks with it. Um, well, what he led into with that, he talked about this kid who got into Stanford. He led into well, I focused in a membership site. So I spent all this time, months and thirty months. I became the very best at membership sites. Oh, thanks. Uh, you've actually triggered my memory. I think the main point, John, was he was trying to point out is he could have talked about everything, anything. He was quite cap he's quite capable of taking on any subject in WordPress, but he identified a, a subject that was niche enough, but broad enough that wasn't overkilled already, you know, um, commented to death blog wise and, in comments in general and he zeroed in on it and he really focused his considerable attentions upon that particular subject and he now he kind of semi-dominates that and um seems to make a really nice living by just talking to people for 10 to 15 minutes on the telephone bill yeah he had uh, <laughs> i think it was, was it, i forget how many calls 175 calls last month yeah, at six and it, six and the average like fifteen six, minutes a call, six minutes a call, six figure like eighteen, nineteen thousand dollars. Yeah, that's kind of that's not bad, is it, John? But you know, he hustles, that's he works, terrible. he's really friendly. He <laughs> said, "Yeah, I'll come on the show." Yeah, he's he's fine. And he asked him, "Why?" Asked him about some plugins and stuff, and it was good. Yeah, you must have been amazed talking to you, Bill. Hey, <laughs> let me talk about my one class. The one class I actually I actually went to two Chris's in the new age of content, and then I'll let you guys finish up and knock out a couple of other highlights. Yeah. and talk about what's coming up next. New Age of Content was by Craig Taylor out of Arizona. And he talked about all the things that we do. He talked about the social media. Uh, he talked about Blab I Am. We were one of the few people that knew about Blab and taking Blab and doing what we do. It was about three or four people in the whole room. There are a lot of people there. 
And uh, he just talked about the need of to do exactly what we're doing, the podcast communications and the marketing and how that's growing and how blogging, how many people blog and you got to define yourself away from that blog to do even more. I think that, that was Chris's, it was a good presentation and it just showed all the things that you can do to enhance your business and get known and get out there. Yeah, that's right. And he has a marketing agency as opposed to a development agency per se. Well, I, I really think that you have to be um, a good marketer. Um, and I think that's almost like more important than being uh, a good developer. But you, I mean, you need both. But you could be the best developer on earth. But if no one knows, or if they don't know what you specialize in, it's not going to do you any good. That's true in everything. You can have a great product and not have marketing, you'll die. You can have a mediocre product with a great marketing, and you'll survive. Correct. True. So it's a balance. I actually do lean, um, I know it's purgatory, but I actually lean more to the marketer than the um, little bit. Um, well, because, you know, I've got to say Sally did a great job. She um, she did have the last presentation of the advance um, group, um, but I thought she did a pretty good job. I don't know, was you there at all, John, or was you in the other group? No, that was <laughs> right when I was, like, giving my talk. So, yeah, we were head-to-head. Um, so please tell me about it. I was really looking forward to um, seeing Sally's talk later on WordPress TV. So please yeah. tell me about it. Well, she was um, she was basically saying that um, we get kind of caught in um, that WordPress is pretty easy, um, but the reality is and um, a lot of users um, find it very difficult and find it very frustrating. And um, she was saying, um, I thought her strongest point, and I've always agreed with this, and I've disagreed with Morton on this point, is that I think what is seen as very usable UX design is linked to being it being familiar to another product, a similar product that a lot of people use, and they can utilize their experiences with the previous interface and so they they don't have to learn so much so much and the example that she utilized was word microsoft word and the more a, a kind of editor mimics what word does the more the user is going to be happy in a way because they're not going to have to learn a, a kind of UX additional UX language. Because I don't, I personally um, feel that you can only go so far with, when you're dealing with a new UX interface with a visual language. There's only so far you can go in sim, simple, sim, making it simple. Um, because obviously um, it's got to have a certain degree of functionality and it's only so far you can take it. So I feel a lot of people take, think this that it's simple, but what they've done is they mimicked a previous well-known interface and that they benefit from it or not. I was a bit long-winded. What do you think, John? Did that make any sense or was I waffling? No, that makes perfect sense. And uh, actually, before you even said that it was similar to Word, that's exactly what I was thinking, because that's the interface that most um, end users are going to be experienced with. 
is something like Word, and they kind of expect all software to work in a similar fashion, meaning they could just type and it just works. And I think people get frustrated, you know, and I'm not saying like WordPress developers or WordPress power users, I'm saying just regular people, they expect it to be that simple to use. And um, there's a bit of a contradict now. It, it's I, I think it's going to rear its head quite um, considerably in the next year. Is obviously you got the restless API and you got the ability to cut, have very custom backend interfaces, and that will be very contradictory to what Sally and others have pointed out, where you, you actually a lot of users want a more. Um, that their argument for doing that, John, will be that we're we're going to produce a very very simple backend, in very customized for particular industry sectors. But I think that's that's a bit of a dis, um, going down the wrong warren, really, because I actually think familiarity comes from it mimicking a very popular bit of software or a way of doing something. So it'd be really interesting to see how all this turns out, wouldn't it, John? Well, I, I think so. I, I, I think there's two sides to that um, argument. Um, well, one, WordPress is a very mature software now, and it's been around for almost 10 years. And so uh, people have gotten used to uh, having a back end that looks uniform uh, they know that the admin uh, navigation is always on the left and, and the way that things look yeah. is always the same. And that's why we're able to have like so many different themes and plugins and they all uh, kind of look, the, you know, similar and there's a familiarity there. But I think to get WordPress to a larger market share and move uh, closer uh, to having more enterprise clients, you, Having customizable backends uh, might be a selling point because if you make it look more, um, I don't want to say professional, but like a, a synonym like that, more um, custom. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, that might be good for certain industries. I, I totally agree with you there. You know, um, I think, funny enough, I think um, Chris Lemmer kind of touched on it as well because when he was talking about when he was doing his – uh, analyzation of over 30 membership plugins he said that some of them have almost 17 different option panels that it's overwhelming are totally over you know and um the we know you know i'm not going to name it but some of the more older ones are some of the are you all right bill or are you gonna totally fall off fall asleep you want going john i'm actually yeah. listening all right um so, long day, long, long, long two days. Yeah, but um, he was saying that you know some of them have got very um, you know, and some of it is that um, option, more functionality has been built on, and they've just added more options. Um, and I, I think he's probably right about that. But also, I think if you do offer a lot of functionality, it's really, it's really a lot of time and money and energy really has to be kind of really um placed in making something that is pretty complicated and make ending up with a kind of option pain where you don't end up with 17 i don't think it's that easy what do you feel john well 
I definitely think that, I mean, for a developer, it might be good to have like a ton of options, but for the average user, um, when they get presented with 17 options on a screen, it's confusion. Um, when you have that many options, you get uh, paralysis, decision paralysis. And, you know, they, you know, that's 17 opportunities for them to uh, make something go wrong. And, and, and I think that making things more clear, like on each page is, is probably a better way than to uh, have so many options because it is confusing. Sometimes it's confusing for developers. So. And I think um, what Sally was also pointing out, she was pointing out that, um, you know, she kind of using custom field types. She kind of tries to, you know, because I've done some um, a long time ago and I wasn't a, anyway a top, but I did a bit, was Expression Engine. And Expression Engine uses um, field types to build kind of custom backends. And like if you had, if you had, going to insert a new image you would have a a field for the image which would be inserted into the template an expression engine is very highly template based with um its own kind of php kind of language um so it reminded me of that but the problem is you get people that want a wiki whiz thing you can never seem to satisfy everybody and other people just want to just want to field and upload the image and not have to bother with the interface. So I don't think it's so, it, there's a lot of gray in this. What do you think, John? Well, I think that, um, well, at least from what we saw like last year, uh, the, the head honchos at WordPress probably do see the WYSIWYG editors like Squarespace Wix and Weebly as competition oh, yeah. for uh, that market share. And so I think that, you know, a lot of things are kind of moving that, at least that direction to have that option. Um, you know, and I think, it, you know, with the WYSIWYG, it needs to be done like um, in a way that's better than something like Visual Composer, which is very popular. But, you know, like, it can be very, very overwhelming for the average user. Yeah. But, uh, well, she was talking about a front end, actually having a nice front oh, really? end. And she, I went to the website, and their website was down, but she bought a developer. I forgot the name of it, actually. Um, but I think having a nice front end one that does a reason, you know, doesn't try and do everything, but just does what it does intuitively. And... Um, I think that could be of great benefit. So she was talking about that. And I think you uh, it kind of took me back when I first logged into WordPress, and it isn't, it definitely isn't intuitive. And, um, and I had utilized Word, and I had kind of developed using Dreamweaver and done a bit of expression engine and graphic design. So I wasn't in any way... And I, I still would say, um, you know, what does really pages and posts really mean to people? You know, it doesn't. You know, when you get used to it, you totally understand what it is. But when it when it's when you hear it first, what does it mean? But I do think there's only so far you can take it, isn't there? So it's trying to find that happy medium. What do you feel about that, John? 
Um, no, I agree. I, I think if you're a new user, I think uh, explaining like the difference between a page and a post is, I, I, I do think that's confusing uh, to a normal user and, and anybody that's new to the WordPress ecosystem because you're going to think uh, just a page is a page. So there, there's always room for improvement. Yeah. And I, and I also think, I also think there, there could have been some kind of guidelines because I think when there's some plugins that have the kind of setting pan in the plugin pane, you know, they have settings where they, you know, sometimes it's under settings, sometimes it can be under tools, can't it? And sometimes it could be you get settings because it, it's a, a plugin that produces a widget and you only get the, um, so you can end up with, settings almost five or six different places can't you oh yeah totally um that that is a uh, common issue is uh that in the plugin market there is no uniform place where settings or editing stuff shows up in the admin menu like everything is different and that is really the thing with wordpress is every single configuration it follows like a same basic outline but you know each theme and plugin combination it's completely unique and yeah that's what i liked about her presentation because it does bring up you know you could take it at the surface level and still get a lot from it but you hey, could, Jonathan, yeah. i want i want to keep this at 25 yeah, minutes sure. let's, let's wrap this up i'm just saying one thing we'll pass it around and great show but one that came up too is russell aaron from las vegas was there yeah. and yes. he's real active of course great idea that came out we we're talking i i networked i spent other than two classes, I was out in the common area working on the computers and talking to folks. But Russell uh, said, by the way, if you sit out like in the lunch and stuff, you can talk to Chris Lima. You know, out there, he'll, it's amazing what you do. Work camps are great. That's why they sell out. But anyway, Russell, great idea. For Nevada and Vegas was very good. I wish I'd gone. I, you know, you said, I've heard nothing but great things about Las Vegas. Did you go, John, to Las Vegas? Uh, no. But I've no. heard nothing but good about it, and it was a good facility. John, you were Jonathan, you were down there, right? Oh, it was well run, and they had a good buzz about it. Anyway, so we can get you know Nevada's a little smaller, but we're close, northern Southern California. The idea is to have one up here in Reno in the mountains, and one down in Las Vegas. But the one in Reno, they want to have a camp out on Thursday, Thursday night, or maybe Friday night, or Thursday night, and then bring people in and do it in August, off season between the events. Maybe get the rooms around thirty five dollars downtown, mm -hmm. like one of the casinos. Have some fun. Yeah, maybe. You know, get it all set up down there. You guys need to uh, jump in and start organizing it. Now, well, Russell, Russell Aaron, I think, would be lead on it for the, both the state. And they said they can't use the word um, WordCamp Nevada and just move it back and forth. It's got to be by city. All right. All right. That's fair enough. But, I mean, they can um, go Northern Nevada. Southern uh, Nevada and Northern uh, Nevada. Well, anyway, my, what, my, oh, John, why don't you finish up and Jonathan will let you finish up. Yeah, sure. Go on, John. You go. So you ready for oh, next okay. year? Oh yeah, totally ready for next year. Um, from what I from what I heard from uh, from Jennifer and Brian, um, they're gonna try and you know uh, get Sac State for the venue. Um, most definitely, they are looking at a larger venue, uh, and they're also looking at a two day event next year. So I think it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, that would be I'm nice. I, I thought it was a great start, and if they decide to continue, I think it was the right venue for the start. And uh, I think the organisation, the speakers, um, 
I think I think both um, what's the term you use? You know, both channels, beginner and advanced. I think um, they were well thought out, and there was some crossover. And I think anybody coming beginner or advanced would get some excellent value from the day, don't you think, John? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I thought both the beginning track and the advanced track were there is something for everyone there and and i think that's the good thing about word camps is you don't need to be an expert to jump on you can uh learn something like no matter what level you're at so yeah i think it was great there are bill so we end that was good i agree we bought but one point we also brought a lot of new people over uh to this um between mike and us we brought about nine folks over from, from reno Oh, right on. Yeah. So the new folks. One thing I heard though was in the new classes, I think a couple of folks that came over, one in particular, maybe it was a little there. The marketing was good, but I think you got to have a certain level of expertise before you go to uh, WordCamp. And why do you say that? I think you should already have had your own uh, Word WordPress site installed. It. I talked to two guys. One guy seemed pretty new. He was a reporter, fairly well-known freelance reporter. And I think you have to have fundamental understanding of WordPress first to really get the benefits. I, I see what you're saying about like, uh, it would be good if you had your own site and installed yeah. it, and, you know. Just the basics, back panel, because they expect to know that, know what a plugin is, know what a theme is. That makes sense. I think some of the people knew, but I think the more you know, the more fascinating the WordCamps are. True. Yeah, I suppose they could have brought the, they had the genius bar and they could have, yeah. Could have just had a go and um, been shown like, how to say it. Yeah. It's a, you know, WordPress to me is like, it's like the genius part. I could say it's the puzzle master. There's so many different ways to do things. And you've got the, the masters there. So you really can figure out things. The wizard master. The wizard master. <laughs> or the wizard of sound. Anyway, thank you. Stan. Thank you.